It's your radio sisters. I'm Rachel. I'm Bo. And I'm Allie Cat. Well, we're singers, songwriters, and sisters. And if you're curious about the creative process like we are, stick around right here. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories and interviews from the world's biggest stars and most creative minds. You'll take away artistic gems to fuel your own creative process and get that project started already. Or get the mojo to keep on going. That's right. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Hey, it's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and it means a lot to these sisters that you're hanging out with us once again this weekend. That's right. Mm -hmm. And we want you to know that you may feel like you don't have all the tools to reach your goal today, but you have enough to get you one step closer. So focus on that. A steady climb wins the race. We want you to keep going. You said it, Allie. And whatever you're striving for, whatever you're reaching for, all you need to do today is get to that next step. Mm -hmm. And here to help you do that today are your radio sisters and these guests. Let's get to it, sisters. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. On the show today is a guy who has written so many of your favorite songs. Hit songwriter Desmond Child. And if you don't know who Desmond Child is, you definitely know the songs he's either written or co-written. Here's a few of them right now. That is just a short list of the mega hits that Desmond has written. So often on the Mulberry Lane Show, we love to bring you an in-depth interview when we really get into the heart and soul of who the artist is, and today is one of those interviews. Today you're going to hang out with Desmond and get some awesome behind-the-scenes music stories about his time working with John Bon Jovi of Bon Jovi, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, and Barbra Streisand. Okay, guys, then hang out with reality superstar Jackie Christie from the show Basketball Wives. It airs on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on VH1, and she has some tips for you if you ever have to deal with haters. Mm -hmm, And that's something that all of us have to deal with at one time or another. (laughs) That's right. And finally, if you're looking for something fun to do next Saturday, June 29th, we have Steve Spurgeon here today hanging out with you from regional band The Confidentials. Now, Steve has a solo project out now with a song called Let's Save America, and his focus is all on honoring the first responders. So he has an event in Omaha at the Fire Union Hall, June 29th from 12 to 4 in the afternoon. It's called Steve Spurgeon's USA Superheroes All-American Block Party. So stay tuned for more details. Come out and honor the first responders. Let's save America. So, Allie, you need to share something about Clover's Dance Camp, huh? Yes, so my kindergartner is taking a dance camp. 
And just for a little background, if you don't know, we adopted my daughter Clover from China. And just with her history, she's super shy in new environments. And in our adoption training, I was told to always be there for her to help her feel secure and bonded in these situations. So if you remember, we went through something like this a couple of months ago when she started a new dance class. But now this was summer dance camp. So she was really scared to go in by herself. And there were some tears shed. They said, come on, mama, come in with her. You can just stay with her until she feels comfortable. So we walked in the room with the other 10 little dancers. I kind of parked myself in the corner by the wall. And Clover's eyes welled up in tears again. And she grabbed onto my leg. And she was like, come with me, come with me. The first part was galloping across the room. (laughs) And she wouldn't go without me. So I was like, "Okay, take my hand. So Clover and I galloped across the room together. And then I once again tried to escape to the corner. No, she wasn't having it. And so we had to do leaps across the floor. And it was so funny. (laughs) Hand in hand, we're leaping across the floor. So finally, after all of that, they had a snack break. She made some other little friends. And so then for the second half of class, she went out there on her own with the other little dancers. You got a workout. (laughs) I did. You're polishing up your dance skills. You know, it was crazy, but kind of fun. Definitely brought out my inner child. And speaking of child, Desmond Child is up next right after the break. How did that even work out? I have no idea. Good one, Rachel. Stay right there. Your Radio Sisters will be back right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, Advanced Comprehensive Medical, Surgical, and Cosmetic Dermatologic Care. BraddockFinnegan.com Your creative fueling station, The Mulberry Lane Show. Glad you're here with us. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Legendary songwriter Desmond Child has written some of the biggest hits of the last 30 years. Songs that probably make up the soundtrack of your life, including Dude Looks Like a Lady with Aerosmith, hits with Bon Jovi, including Living on a Prayer and You Give Love a Bad Name, Ricky Martin's Living La Vida Loca, and Joan Jett's I Hate Myself for Loving You, and tons of others, over 500 million records sold. We are thrilled that he's here to chat songwriting, the music business, and his latest projects. Desmond Child here on our show. Music magic hits, get ready, here we go. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Good, we great are to great. have you. Yes. Aww. So now let's talk about some of these amazing hits. Let's take the song, Dude Looks Like a Lady. It was the first song I wrote with Aerosmith. Uh-huh. I was brought in, kind of forced in by their A&R guy, John Claudner. And I went to Boston, and they were in a big warehouse on the floor where rows and rows and rows, like a hundred different guitars on one side and big amps on stage, and the the microphone had all the scarves on it. And I walked in, and Stephen came up to me and said, Hey, it's good to meet you. Why don't you come over here? We're working on something. And they started playing, you know, this backwards guitar loop that was going da-da, da-da. And then Stephen started singing, Cruising for the ladies, da-da, da-da. And I just looked at them, and I said, That's really bad. Uh Uh-huh. And it was like the first thing out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I said, I don't think Van Halen would put that on the last 
track of the album of the worst enemy. Uh-huh. And, you know, trying to be a little bit funny, but they weren't laughing. Okay. And so then uh, Stephen, who's like kind of like a people pleaser, he said, well, when I first started writing the song, I was singing, Dude Looks Like a Lady. Oh. I said, what? And he said, well, I came up with that because I went to a bar with a bunch of my crew guys, and at the end of the bar with this gorgeous blonde with this teased up mullet and all this beautiful curvy body and black nails and all of a sudden she turns around and it's Vince Neil from Motley Crue uh-huh. and he said oh my god dude looks like a lady that dude looks like a lady and so that's where he started with dude looks like a lady gotcha. wow. and you were like that's a lot better is that what you said yeah I jumped on it and Joe said I, I don't know what that means what does that mean dude looks like a lady I said well I know what that means <laughs> And so I talked them into the storyline. So do you find that either you or people that you co-write with, do you find that their first ideas are actually better than if they overthink it? You see, most of the time we're collaborating from scratch. Uh-huh. You know, I'll go into a situation cold. They may or may not have any ideas. Okay. And then we just throw everything on the table. The idea that has energy will surface pretty fast. Okay. And so then we just follow the scent of that until it turns great. Yeah. Love these stories. If you're just joining us, you're listening to mega amazing songwriter Desmond Child here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Can you speak a little bit to the writing of Living on a Prayer with Bon Jovi? Well, the first song we wrote was You Give Love a Bad Name. Again, that was a title I had in my back pocket. Uh-huh. And I showed up to the session and this little a wooden house in New Jersey on the edge of like a huge brown marshland. And then at the very end of it was an oil refinery. It looked like Emerald City. must have been the most toxic place to live ever. And that was Richie Sambora's family home. Okay. And so I walked in and, you know, I walked past his bedroom that was off the kitchen and I saw the Farrah Fawcett poster and the Kiss posters and it looked like a a teenager's room, and John was, uh, you know, with his big hair and the the jeans with the ripped knees and everything um, uh, on the phone, like standing at the avocado green wall phone in the kitchen. Richie sold me downstairs to this damp, kind of icky basement where they had kind of a setup with the amps and a little keyboard on an old Formica table. Then finally John came down. And I pulled out the title, and he loved it. And there was instant chemistry between the three of us. A few weeks later, we were in New York City, and we wrote Living on a Prayer at uh, somebody's borrowed apartment. A friend of mine, big, old, brown, upright piano, and Richie and John were on guitars. And we started writing a story song Uh about Tommy and Gina. Uh I brought my story to the table, I think. John brought his, and Richie brought his. And in my case, before I realized I was more gay than I was bi, <laughs> I had a girlfriend. Uh-huh. It was, was part Maria of your Vidal. original group. Yeah, Maria Vidal from Desmond Chauvin Rouge. Uh-huh. And we were together for four years, you know, during the time that we were in college at NYU and performing in our group on the weekends. And uh-huh. at a certain point, you know, she was working in a restaurant called Once Upon a Stove, and the waiters and waitresses would sing. So everyone went by kind of made-up names, so her name was Gina Velvet. Okay. And the 
that's where Gina came from. Uh-huh. And there was the story of us living in the little apartment. I was writing songs, and she was working for the man. Yeah. <laughs> and to bring home or pay for love. Right. And, um, you know, I, I'm so happy that, you know, she's still in my life, and she's the godmother of oh. my kids, and John Bon Jovi's the godfather. Wow, that's great. So it sort of brings the whole story oh, together, story right? Together. Yeah. Is that and, the song um, you're most proud of? Yes, I, I, I love that song, and I, I really love a song that I co-wrote with Hanson called Weird, and I think it's one of my best songs, and it's also very touching. It's about being different. Uh-huh. And I also love that the songs I've collaborated on have given a lot of hope to people. Yes. Like Living on a Prayer, we got a, a letter once from a guy who said that he was getting ready to commit suicide. So he goes up to the bridge where he's going to jump off, and he pulls the car up. He doesn't even turn the car off. He gets ready to jump, and he hears Living on a Prayer coming out of the radio in his car. So he goes, oh, well, that's my favorite song. So I'm going to go back and listen to it, and then I'll jump. By the time the modulation came, he drove home. I mean, think so, about how you changed so the bon course. So Bon Jovi has, yes. has saved a life. Yes. Right. Bon Jovi saves lives. Yes, and you. Also, we've gotten many touching letters from people that were in hospitals, that went through difficult times, that lost a loved one, and saying how, like, that particular song made them keep going. It's got to be amazing for you, though, to see the audience reactions and see, you know, how you've touched people. One of my greatest thrills is going to a Bon Jovi concert. Living on a Prayer is undoubtedly, you know, most powerful song in the set, so he always makes it the last song of the last encore. Uh-huh. So no one will leave right. without hearing that song. So there are families there with kids like asleep on their shoulders standing there like could be like 11 30 at night midnight and finally you know he comes out and starts playing living our prayer and people go crazy and they're singing along so loud you can't even hear the band they're screaming it out like their lives depend on it and i just look around you know and fifty thousand people all singing the song that i helped to write right it's just so exciting, and you see little kids singing it, and you see people with white hair singing it. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're living on a prayer right here on the Mulberry Lane Show with Desmond Child, songwriter extraordinaire. One more segment with Desmond right after this. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show.
Well, Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's braddockfinnegan.com. Find your creative road down Mulberry Lane. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. You're in the middle of hearing from songwriter Hall of Fame member Desmond Child. Let's jump right back in with more behind-the-scenes stories from legendary songwriter Desmond Child. Let's talk about the recent Barbra Streisand project. Well, when I was 15 years old, I saw a movie called Funny Girl. Barbara Streisand just like blew me away. There's a scene where she's on a tugboat. She had made a decision to go back to New York City and find her man and, you know, be strong in her life and all this kind of stuff. And she passes in front of the Statue of Liberty, kind of holding these flowers up almost like they were the torch. So there's the double image of the Statue of Liberty and Barbara Streisand that stayed in me. So I was asked by Barbara's A&R man, Jay Landers, very distinguished A&R man who's made 32 albums with her. And he said, well, will you write a song for Barbara? And I said, well, of course. So I spent a day with him, and he played me all the highlights of her career. And suddenly that image came up for me because she was making a, a record about her feelings about what's been going on in, in America. You know, the album's called Walls. Right. I sat at the piano, and Jay was, you know, watching me, and I said, what about Lady Liberty uh-huh. as a title? And he said, I like it. I went back to Nashville and procrastinated for, you know, like three weeks, and finally I get the urgent text from Jay. He said, if your song isn't in within the next two days, wow. the ship will have sailed. Wow. Okay. I got to stop you there, because when you procrastinate like that, do you feel like the back of your mind or your subconscious is working on it and you're just not ready yet? In this case, yes. Okay. Well, usually I'm co-writing, but when it's just you, it's like, well, there's no urgency, is there? <laughs> Until you there know? is. <laughs> and so I did procrastinate, but it took that deadline to get me to bring it all together. So I submitted the song, we turned it around really fast, and Jay sent me an email from Barbara that said, I like the song. Mm. That's all it said. I like the song. Uh-huh. It was like, wow, <laughs> she likes the song. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really been an, a dream come true. Right. One of the highest pinnacles in my career. I actually got a chance to co-produce it with her. Oh, wow. I'm so proud of how it turned out. We did a rehearsal day, uh-huh. which was very intense because I was teaching her how to sing the song. So she'd be singing and I'd be singing and, you know, we'd be singing together in unison. And, oh. and it was like, okay, <sighs> I'm singing with Barbara Streisand. She's right next to me. She's singing. I'm singing. We're singing together. But, you know, that thought almost made me faint. <laughs> and she would sing really quiet, you know, as she was studying the song. And then suddenly she opened up and started, you know, singing full voice. Right in the beginning, there's a big 
beautiful note, and I looked at Jay, and it was like goosebumps. I bet. And I started jumping around the room <laughs> and singing the Money Song, which is, you know, kind of like my parody of Tarara Boomdeer. It's like, I'm going to be rich again. I'm going to be rich again. And I was jumping all around the room, and I don't know what came over me. Then she started laughing, you know, so hard. And so um, she felt very supported. Sure. by me and trusted me. Legendary songwriter Desmond Child here on the Mulberry Lane Show talking about everything songwriting. You started out as a performer yourself, writing your own songs. So at what point did you feel like a true songwriter, when it became a craft for you? Well, you know, my mother was a songwriter, so I grew up at her feet listening to her writing songs. I didn't know people didn't write songs. Okay. <laughs> so if I sensed her mood was happy, she'd write a happy song. If she felt sad, she'd write a sad song. So it was just a natural expression of emotion every day from day to day until I realized, well, I guess not everybody writes songs. Okay. So it was just and almost her, second nature for you. That's it. It wasn't one of those things where I transitioned into a professional songwriter. You co-founded the Latin Songwriters Hall of Fame. The statuette of your mom is the award that you give out to the inductees and the honorees. So talk about that. I just think that's an amazing, beautiful yes. tribute to your mom. To your mother. When I was just born, my mom had a friend who was a sculptress. Her name was Lee Burnham. Okay. And she did a little clay sculpture of my mother playing guitar. It's so fragile, but it has endured so many moves, so many possibilities that could have shattered a million times, but it kind of always stayed together. So I always kept it with me. After my mother passed, I felt like I wanted to do something to honor her life, her music, her career. I just felt that women, especially in the Latin field, have a very difficult time making it, especially being an immigrant coming to this country from Cuba, where she never really mastered English. That's why she had to do, you know, the jobs that immigrants do, right. cleaning houses and, and working at, at fast food, just struggling from, you know, part-time job to part-time job, whatever she could do. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I wanted to establish an award to young female songwriters to encourage them to reach for the top and eventually become inductees. So we've had just a gorgeous array of, of performers win the La Musa Elena Casals Award uh -huh. at the Latin Songwriters Hall of Fame. And we have a, an incredible gala, and it's called La Musa Awards. Uh -huh. And La Musa is the name of my mother's sculpture, the muse. Uh -huh. The award show is named after her kind of moniker, La Musa. Oh. It's sort of like the Golden Globe setup, right. where there's a live audience as well as the people sitting at the uh -huh. tables. Everyone's dressed in their finery. It's really the um, Nobel Prize of Latin music. That's amazing. Awesome. And your mom lives on through all these songwriters. She does, and it's so wonderful to hear her name up on the stage, you yes. know, repeated several times. And to, In our stage set, we have a giant size Musa that's at the center, you know, at the back and surrounded by a 35-piece orchestra. Uh -huh. And so she gets to play in the band. What and a that always gives you me a kick. <laughs> well, you know, I owe everything to her because that's where I got my talent. I mean, she was a great person, 
and she was very generous. I mean, she had $20, she spent $20. Mm-hmm. She'd take everybody out to eat. She never thought about money. All she thought about were her songs. In fact, a few weeks before she passed away, she changed a word in one of her poems that made like a huge difference. It took her like a lifetime to get to that moment, and she changed one word in this poem that she wrote called My Cardboard Boxes. And it talks about, you know, her facing death. It it was just like, that's a true artist. Right. What was the word that she changed? Well, in Spanish, it talks about the cardboard boxes. It says, mis cajas de cartón escondidas. That's what the original was, which means hidden. And she changed it to carcomidas, which means worm-eaten and crumbling. There's not an equivalent, like, single word in, okay. in English that means the same thing. But it kind of gave the tone of the poem just a kind of like a, a sadness about, you know, how time goes by and that everything that we saved in our lives eventually fades. You know, being born to a true artist, yeah. their only focus was expressing themselves. That's different than somebody who's an artist because they think they're cute enough to be one and want to hang with, you know, the Kardashians and and be famous or something. Right. It's an inner artist. And she was was an artist to the very, very end, which, like you said, that's a true artist. Changing that word was kind of her farewell, in a way. It was. And it it was kind of showing you, look, to your last breath, be an artist. I think that's a beautiful message to end this interview on. And my sister has tears in her eyes, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, we appreciate your time and sharing your heart with us. We really enjoyed this interview with you. Thank you so much. And um, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Desmond Child here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Stay right here with us. This is Allie. And when we come back after the break, you're going to meet Jackie Christie. Now, she's the star of the VH1 series, Basketball Wives. And she's going to give you some tips on dealing with haters. Stay with us. Your radio sisters always cheering you on here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You've got it dialed in right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Well, Basketball Wives is back for a new season of Drama in Changes. Jackie Christie, one of the stars of the show, is here to chat Season 8 on VH1. What you can expect, plus some advice if you have haters and some stellar relationship advice. Welcome, welcome to the show, Jackie Christie. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome to have you on the show. Yeah. So now you've got to tell us what's in store for this season, the drama, the changes, and what you're going through. Wow, I can say season eight of Basketball Wise is a drama-filled season, okay. of course. <laughs> but I ain't going to say all the drama's bad drama. I'll okay. say that there's a mix. It's turbulent. It's explosive. It's surprising, shocking, 
heartfelt. It's a very, very amazing season. Okay. And I would say that I am bringing Jackie Christie um, like never before. Okay. And I'm proud of the ladies. I think everybody brings something different. And I feel like this is going to be our biggest season yet. So now you're dealing with sending your son off to college. So as a mom, how are you processing that? You know what? It's actually an amazing time for me. I'm excited about Dougie going and transitioning to this next phase of life. Although I'm a very, um, what do you call that? I, I've sheltered him quite a bit. Okay. So Helicopter I'm a mom. about that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for him to go play basketball in college now. He's had fun doing it in high school. And, you know, we're keeping him home the first year. And then we'll let him explore colleges outside of the Okay. Home, you know, central area. All right. Yeah. So now, of course, on reality TV, there's always haters. So just some quick advice on how you deal with that and process that. You know, thank you. I love my haters and I love my supporters. I feel like everybody is, at the end of the day, tuning in. And I'm hoping that even the haters eventually would see my message. And that okay. is, yes, I'm on reality TV. I am a confrontational person when I need to be, only when I need to be, and not in a bad way. But I'm always trying to send a message as well. Okay. And that's love and respect and treat each other with kindness. But if you come for me, like I say in the clip, then be ready for me to come for you back. Okay, I love that. And then before we let you go, your marriage yes. to Doug Christie has survived the pressures of the NBA seven seasons of reality TV. So what's the secret to a good relationship? You know, the secret to Doug and I's relationship is we, you know, definitely have our faith in God, but we put communication, respect, loyalty, honesty, friendship, being each other's biggest supporters and best friends first and foremost. Our marriage never comes second, and we always communicate. Mm -hmm. Communication is definitely the glue that holds things together. And Jackie, we want to thank you for joining the show. I appreciate it. Take care, Jackie. It's Jackie Christie of Basketball Wives. Make sure you check out the brand new season airing Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central on VH1. When we come back, you're going to hang out with Steve Spurgeon of The Confidentials and hear all about a rockin' block party. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Hello. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a Guys, Rachel here. Just want to give you a personal invitation to get in on more sister fun music and highlights from the radio show. You can head on over to our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, The Mulberry Lane Show. We love having you here, and we'd love to meet you over there for more positivity, creativity, and true connection. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, where we come together over music and the arts. This is Allie, along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Thanks for being here. Steve Spurgeon of The Confidentials has made honoring first responders part of his mission. Now this talented singer-songwriter and Midwest treasure is spreading the love. Hang out with your fam at Steve Spurgeon's USA Superhero All-American Block Party, June 29th from noon to 4 at the Firefighters Union Hall in Omaha. Now Steve is here to tell you all about the event, the CD release party, the single, and everything he's got going on in his life right now. Welcome, welcome to the show, Steve Spurgeon. Hey, what's going on? I love it when people say my name. <laughs> Guess who else sings my name? Who else? No one. No one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so your favorites. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> All right. How are you guys doing? Doing great. This sounds like such an awesome family event, awesome party. So oh give goodness, us all I'll the details. What happened in the last two years? 
Now, Wake Up in the USA song that I did about two years ago, yes. when my goal was to unify people in America. Wake Up in the USA, you wrote it because of 9-11. I went to New York City. I was there for two weeks. I was able to speak to the firehouse that lost the most firemen during 9-11 and tell them my story and sing them the song. And on the way back to Omaha for Christmas, I started doing some research and I found out the first responders attempt to commit suicide at 10 times the rate of the general public. I went to every firehouse, every police precinct, Every roll call in Omaha the week before Christmas telling my story and singing a Christmas song. Wow. And I got confirmation with two messages telling me that people were at the verge right there. And that message saved their life this Christmas. Wow. So that's how USA Superheroes has gotten started. Okay. It is bringing the community together with food trucks and fire trucks and kids activities with inflatables and face painting. Even the confidentials are going to be their plan. Okay. But the whole purpose is to bring the community together, honoring first responders as American superheroes. Yes. I think you really did hit upon something that everyone can agree on. When you see people putting their lives on the line for others, that is where we can all come together. Right. And when music. See, so now, the purpose of my music is simply this. I have a CD coming out this year with all of the original music that I've been writing for the last 20 years that the Confidentials don't play. And I've been playing it on open mics around the country. And people are responding in ways that I can't even tell you have experience for yourself. That music is coming out this fall. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to release this single here at this block party. Okay. And then I'm going to break a Guinness Book record by visiting every state in the country and a monument but as i go to these monuments i'm going to facebook live and promote my new stuff and visit a first responder community in each state sometime this fall and i'm planning that trip right now and when i come back to omaha at the end of that probably about a hundred day trip i'm going to do my cd release thing and so that's what's going on My, my dad just passed two weeks ago I'll tell you what, there's been so much stuff that's been coming against it. It just seems like all the forces are trying to get me to say, hey, Steve, don't you think you should delay it? Hey, Steve, why don't you do it next month? It's hard. And you know what, Steve? I believe that there's really always going to be a reason to delay things. Like, life just keeps happening. (laughs) And unless you just kind of put it on the calendar and go with it and go with the plan, and that's what you're doing. Well, I'll tell you, Brian Hill Entertainment is helping me quite a bit. For this. Great. I, mean, I love Brian. I call him Uncle Brian. Uh-huh. I still need some sponsors. Anybody interested in sponsoring or sponsoring me in the future? So I'm trying to take this around the nation. Okay. I want to take this to other communities in, in Nebraska. So not just Omaha, Council Bluffs, Lincoln. We need to get into every community where we can reach first responders and have a big party. If having this party saves one first responder's life, it was worth it all. Such an awesome idea. Okay, if you're just jumping in here, you're listening to Steve Spurgeon of The Confidentials talking all about the block party happening next Saturday, June 29th at the Firefighters Union Hall from noon to four. You're hearing about it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So if someone is hearing this and is interested in sponsoring this, where should they go? How do they get in touch with you? If they want to get in touch with me, go to my website, stevespurgeon.com. And that's S-P-U-R-G-E-O-N. And, uh, S-P-U-R-G-E-O-N. Awesome. And can you tell us a particular conversation that you've had with the first responder who has told you what this has meant to him or her? 
This is just one of them. She sends me this message on Facebook after, I guess, she saw one of the interviews on the news. Okay. It says, well, Steve, you've done so much to help change for the better in me as a person. You literally saved this veteran's life. Wow. This has been a very low, depressed, and you told me I was more than my crazy thinking when I reached out for your friendship, and you accepted it and gave me hope. Maybe God has a plan for my life. Thank you, my brother in Christ. Oh, wow. That definitely does take your breath away. Right. But thinking about what that kind of message did to me, even right now, you know, six months later, how could it make a first responder feel if you went with your heartfelt thanks and let them know? I mean, all it takes is a thank you. Mm-hmm, a thousand percent. You know, on the show, we do like to encourage creatives to go after their dreams. And as someone who has kind of pushed through, you know, that place that you were talking about earlier, where, you know, maybe something has been put on your heart, or you have this mission that you feel like you need to accomplish. But like you said before, sometimes, you know, you feel like the world is conspiring against you or when life gets in the way. So how do you push through that and keep going for the goal? It's America. And that's the whole deal. If you believe that you were created by a being more powerful and omniscient than you, that being you has given you the right to live and be free and pursue the dreams or visions that they've put in your heart, then there is nothing that can stop you, especially if you live in America. And I'm trying to prove that. I mean, yes, there are obstacles in everyone's life, but if you can't do it here, you're not going to do it anywhere. you got to have a purpose behind it, like my music now. I've been chasing the music dream forever. But the thing is, what's the purpose behind what you do? The music that you will hear that I'm bringing out is going to inspire, comfort, encourage people to believe in themselves, believe in each other, you know, unify. If I can take that music that America needs to hear, and whatever happens from that, use that to help save the lives of people who save our lives. Right. That's the purpose of my music. I yes. love that mission. And you know, what a better way to use your talent. Mm-hmm. And it. what a better way to bring people together than have a superhero block party. The sense of community and the sense of coming together over music and celebrating our, our everyday superheroes. Now, I want to encourage all the kids, and even if you're a big kid, If you've got a police officer costume, a fireman costume, or a superhero costume, Batman, wear your costume out to the party and have fun. All right, Steve. Well, we want to thank you for joining the show, bringing this whole concept. We love it and are behind you 100%. And June 29th from noon to 4 at the Firefighters Union Hall in Omaha, join Steve and the superheroes of our community to give them a thanks and celebrate. Steve Spurgeon's USA Superheroes All-American Block Party. Love it. And if you're interested in sponsoring, you can get a hold of Steve at stevespurgeon.com. Go to the contact information and contact. And here's a taste of Steve's new song, Let's Save America. That we're all in the same boat sailing along. If we wanted to be here after we're gone. Seal up the cracks. Keep the hull strong, let's save, let's save America. Hey guys, did you know here at the Mulberry Lane Show, you can be a part of our free email list every week. 
where you'll get more sister fun, links to archived radio shows, tips on creativity for your life, and real connection. All you have to do is text the word Mulberry to the number 22828, and then you enter in your email. So join the free Mulberry Lane email newsletter, and we'll land in your inbox once a week. Text the word Mulberry to 22828. Well, now, guys, we've come to our favorite part of the show. This is show notes, where we handpick the best advice from each guest that we've been hanging out with today. All right, Allie, who's the first up to bat? Well, first you heard from master song crafter and hit maker Desmond Child. Now he said that when he goes into his writing sessions, especially his co-writes, he said the idea that has the energy will come to the surface pretty fast. And then what he does is he follows the scent of that idea until it turns out great. So what I took from that is instead of going into a project with your idea of how you want it to turn out, Instead, follow the ideas and follow the one that has the energy that might just lead you down a good path regardless of what your objective was. Yep, you can never go wrong following that energy. Mm-hmm. Then you guys heard from reality superstar Jackie Christie from Basketball Wives. Now, she, of course, being a part of a reality show, you're going to encounter haters. And her advice, if you deal with haters or difficult people, she says, I love my haters and I love my supporters. She just keeps doing what she does and hopes that the haters will see that she stands for love and respect. So if you get to the point where you can love your haters, they have have no power over you, which is exactly where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So if you hated that last comment, I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Allie, who's next up to bat? So finally, you heard from singer-songwriter Steve Spurgeon of the regional and well-loved band, The Confidentials. And today, Steve had this to say. Rachel? Well, Steve said that if you have something on your heart, a mission that you feel like you're supposed to accomplish, remember that this is America, and if you you believe in a more powerful being has given you the right to pursue those dreams or visions in your heart, then there's nothing that could stop you. And he also said that it's so important to have a bigger purpose behind what you do. And Steve is definitely walking the walk. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you guys stop by same time, same place next weekend. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. See you next week. I don't love you for your money because you don't have much.